Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Truth. And this is not conspiracy theory. This is this uh, this could be fact if, if we don't play our cards. Well, I can agree with what you just said, Savage. Holy moly. I mean, you make bad news into uncut and uncensored news. And I don't know if it's true. I guess it is that Speaker Johnson said there's not a real talk. No filter on Savaged Unfiltered. Savage. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on, Jason. I was, I was like, what the hell? I'm like, I'm waiting for the cue to come in. I'm like, okay, I usually see like a one, two, three on the screen, but then, okay, the network changes it. They got to stop changing things. Stick with the formula. I got to get used to this new formula now. Anyway, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Joseph, buddy. I mean, you know, like I, I'm waiting for the damn cue to come in. And then, you know, Shaky telling me, Oh, by the way, there's a new queue. I'm like, oh, you're just telling me now? The network, they're always changing things, Joseph. Yeah. You know what I mean, buddy? Yeah. yeah. Shit, shit that would have been helpful five minutes ago, right? Well, you know. <laughs> News you may... that would have been helpful five minutes ago. But you know, I... <laughs> yeah, one second. You know, buddy, like, here's the thing, guys. I, I'm not like some stranger off the block with these networks. I, I, I'm familiar with, you know, a lot of networks that podcasters use, but when they change things and they don't put in writing, usually in emails or like, you know, notifications or whatever. Oh, by the way, this is the new queue. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to see one, two, three right away. It's going to say start streaming. And then all of a sudden the network kicks in. So it's like, if they don't tell you these things and you get fucking confused, you know what I mean, man? So, yeah, well, I, but, before we go further, too, I heard that there was a false flag operation in Florida the other day. I heard you faked a false flag. Yeah, yeah. I I heard you faked a fall at Shakey's to get sympathy from his wife. <laughs> oh, you told him, didn't you? You bastard, man. Yeah, man. I uh, I was I was in uh, Tampa yesterday and, you know, I, I drove back up to Orlando earlier this morning, uh, you know, to make ready for the show and everything, the recording. And as I was coming in uh, to his house yesterday, I literally he's got this new. Yes, you did. You went to Home Depot the other day. He's got this <laughs> this new ledge on his door, you know, because he lives in Ybor City, right, right, right on the outskirts of Ybor City, which is part of downtown Tampa, for those who don't understand that area or know that area uh so he 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 wants to get fancy with his door jams so he bought this new ledge it's about this high i told him i said man you're that's a lawsuit waiting to happen 
Uh, you know, I'm coming into the into the into the fucking doorway, and boom! I hit my head on the on the side of the damn door. I got little, got like a little bump up here. You probably see it. It's like right. See the little bump, you know, a little bit. You can see. And I didn't cut myself, but I got a little like a little bump right here. And then I got a gash in the bottom of my leg. So his wife was helping me out, you know, wrap it up and everything. And I'm like, damn it, man, that hurt. Uh-huh. You know, coming in full force like a race car. Boom, right into the door. I was like, oh, my God. He's laughing at me. His kids are laughing hysterically. They're like, are you okay? They don't call me Savage, you know, with a uh, stage name here for the show. It's Michael, you know. They're like, Michael, are you okay? I'm like, ah. Damn it, man, that hurt. I'm trying not to cuss. You know, kids are somewhat young, but, you know, I'm like, (laughs) man, that hurt. And, you know, his wife comes over because she's a registered nurse. So she's coming over, you know, and she's like, it doesn't look that bad. I'm like, what doesn't look that bad? I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my God, it's bleeding. Blood (laughs) blood going all over the place. Hysterical. You know, I'm, I'm a nervous, neurotic wreck when I see my own blood or wound or, you know, anything that's, you know, that's gushing out like that. Because it was. It was gushing out. I look like the guy from uh, uh, European Vacation, you know, with Chevy Chase when he hits the guy on the bike. And he's like, oh, a little flesh wound. It's okay. It's okay. And the bl- blood's coming all over the place, you know. But, oh, man, I'm telling you. But uh-huh. it, it was. I, th- oof. I think you staged it. I wasn't staged, Joe. It was, it was, it was, you should have seen me. Yeah, Shaky's like, I got it all on camera, you know, because he's got like cameras in the front of his house. The guy's got like 15 cameras around his house. I'm like, no, you got all these cameras for it, man. Like waiting for a, like an arm burglary or something, a a burglar coming in or arm robbery or something. My words, there we go. Yeah, so, oh, man, but I'm okay, though. I'm, I'm okay. A little hysterical, but I'm okay, yeah. (laughs) The emotional damage, obviously, greater than the physical damage. Uh, I'm telling you, (laughs) man, it was was a doozer. I was was joking with Shaky. uh, Yeah, maybe you hitting your head will knock some sense into you? Maybe, maybe. (laughs) You never know. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, you did say that to him? Yeah. Because he didn't tell me that part. Oh, you know, I said that. It, it's in the oh. Twitter DMs. Yeah, you can go oh, see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so you know, we, we can laugh about these things since you're yeah. okay. Yeah. So so we got our guest coming in here bro, uh, momentarily, Joe, with uh, his, calls himself Hot Rod Bob. Uh, I've heard of other people use that hot rod. You know, they used to be Hot Rod, Rowdy Rowdy Piper in professional wrestling. Now, you know, it's now this, this guy wants to be known as Hot Rod Bob. He's the... Uh, you know, race car announcer. We're going to get some more and more inside stories on him. But, uh, yeah, man, that's checking him out. He's, he seems pretty uh, pretty swell of a guy, huh? <laughs> Don't forget to check out SavageArmy.com for your exclusive deals. Yeah, well, we were supposed to talk to him, what, a couple Saturdays ago? <laughs> and that didn't work out, so... Yeah, well, we had to play around with some schedules, <laughs> you know, so we, we finally got him on the show, and I uh, can't wait to know more about him and what he's been doing and this and that. I heard he's been doing it for a while, you know, he's no stranger 
you know, with the industry. So, you know, he's he's he has been doing it, you know, quite some time. Savage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like I joked about a couple weeks ago, uh, my ex-father-in-law uh, okay. did drag. And by that, I mean racing, okay. not dressing. <laughs> Okay, I was like, you better be careful on how you put that term in there, you know? You did no, drag, no, you know? I, all you in go to the clubs I, late at night, Joe, or what, man? I, I purposely, obviously, joked to yeah. Joe, worded it that way for the lame double entendre oh, okay. pun, right? Yeah, yeah, Cue yeah, yeah. the Savage Army QR code, right? Go to savagearmy.com for your, there's a double entendre hat. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Kill me. Without further ado, I want to bring him in here, Hot Rod Bob Beck. Bob, hey. what's up? How you doing? Ah, not much. Uh, you're just recuperating from last night's racing. We uh, we race every night at Irwindale. Oh, okay. How'd that go? Went pretty good. We uh, we normally get about 200, 250 cars on a Thursday night. Plus, we've got a burnout box uh, or donut box where they can hang uh, donuts and drift. So it's a pretty busy uh, facility. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I mean, you know, I've I, I've I've heard of you know what you do, and I just haven't uh, seen any of the races. You know, uh, are they normally local there in the area, or do you go? Yeah. Do you guys go all over the place? Well, the the track I work at, Irwindale Drag Strip, I'm there every Thursday night. Uh, however, I travel, and that's one of the reasons we had some difficulty uh, setting up together a couple of weeks ago. I've done everything all over the country. So I've been doing this, uh, you said, for a long time. Since 1974, I, I've been uh, doing this. So oh, wow. I get around a little bit. I did Hot August okay. Nights for a week uh, this last year up in Reno. I, I announced at Gateway in St. Louis. Uh, I traveled with good guys for oh. 14, 13 years or so. So I've been all over the place doing this, and uh, it, it's fun. Now, you said about the name Hot Rod Bob. That My son gave me that nickname uh, about oh, is that right? Yeah, about 35, 36 years ago, and that oh, was my okay. first email. We had AOL at the time, so that was my first email address. It was Hot Rod oh, Bob, so uh, that stuck, and the people that I worked for had picked up on that as well, and I'm stuck with the name whether I like it or not, but I'm into Hot Rods as well. And I built awesome, a number of man. cars. Yeah. So uh, we actually, right now we're car poor. We have seven. That's wow. That's <laughs> that's crazy. So your so your son gave you the name. Yeah. Um, before the name, were you were, were you just known as as Bob, Bob Beck, Beck or yeah uh, yeah just oh, Bob okay. Beck? But we're into, okay. we've been into hot rods. Uh, I've had it. You know, like I said, I've got seven right now. We had a few. I was building a few when he did this. Uh, as a matter of fact, the car that I was building at the time, I still have. Hmm. So that's where he came up with the hot rod. He was about five years old, six years old, and that's what he decided. That was my name. I said, "Okay, that stuck." Hmm. That's 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 interesting. That's interesting. So uh, yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, Joe, uh, Joe here, uh, Jokester Joe, we call him. Uh, he has some history with uh, with uh, drag cars, don't you, Joe? Like your dad, yeah. man. And, yeah. My ex-father-in-law. Ex-father-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had, sure, he yeah, had ex. a rig. Yeah. <laughs> he had a rig called Strip Tease, which, of course, you know, bit of sure. a double entendre and wordplay there too. So 
went to, I had only ever been to one of his events though. It was in Ohio and I, I forget, I had the city wrote down before, but I forget now uh, where it was, but it was one of the strips in Ohio. And you know, that was a lot of fun. That was As a busy mom, I don't always have time to run out to the store. That's why I shop Horton Brand Imported Bullshit. Horton Brand Imported Bullshit is the quickest, cheapest, and least ethical way to provide for your family. I trust Horton for everything from groceries to birthday presents to quieting that nagging feeling deep inside that says, maybe we weren't meant to live this way. Maybe there's something else out there for me. The greatest generation had medicinal cocaine. Boomers invented the wine, Mom. Gen X, well, no one really knows what they've been up to. But the modern trad wife has a new coping mechanism to keep her docile. Impulse shopping online. All I have to do is scream my neediness to a little spy robot and watch all my minor inconveniences melt away. Raj Lexa, Mama wants some ice cream. Mama gets what Mama wants. How do we provide this extreme convenience at such a low cost? Oh, I don't want to know. Thanks. When you buy Horton brand imported bullshit, you're embracing traditional American values. Values like sourcing cheap labor from overseas, suffocating local businesses, and pillaging natural resources. You already sacrificed so much for your family. Shouldn't everyone else? I've got warehouse workers passing out in sweltering heat among bottles of their own urine and an army of child laborers overseas and increasingly right here in the U.S. of A. Their nimble little fingers are essential to my business model. Uh-oh. The thought of foreign children being forced to make toys for my children is giving me that hollow burning feeling inside. Sounds like a mild case of guilt. Not to worry. If you ever accidentally feel a feeling, Horton is here to help. Raj Lexa, order me that sassy little number I bookmarked from when I was mad at my husband. Slay my queen. <gasps> That's the stuff. Sure, you could pick up the same dress at a nearby chain store for a fraction of the damage to the environment. Or visit a local mom and pop shop that desperately needs your business and purchase a similar dress that wasn't produced using overseas slave labor. You want me to stop crying, put pants on, and look a human in the eye when I make my dirty little purchases? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> exactly. You prefer the instant gratification of an unsustainable supply chain, just like our cruelly efficient production practices have a steep human cost. The burden of our shipping process is borne by the planet itself. Take that, globalists. I've basically installed magic portals for useless crap in countless homes around the world. It takes a staggering amount of those cardboard boxes to pull that off. I've converted forests into garbage so efficiently, it would make a Captain Planet villain cream his jeans. Factor in the pollution from mass production crap factories and the fuel to ship it to your doorstep. And I'd say it's time to put that last remaining handful of glaciers on hospice. 
I don't mean to sound ungrateful here, but I'm kind of starting to think that destroying lives, the economy, and the planet is part of a vicious cycle that I don't want to be a part of. There's that conscience again. You know the drill. Raj Lexa? Right of my life. I'd like to return some of this imported crap. I would firebomb robot heaven for you. Feel free to return your crap, but you'd only be making the problem worse. Shipping your garbage back overseas and restocking it would cost too much dough. So we just dump it in a landfill. You might as well donate your oversized blouse or discarded dildo to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. You know what? I'm gonna call my grandma and see if she has any of that medicinal cocaine left over. Raj Lexa, the data. Yes, sire. I've been listening to your conversations, not just the ones where you talk to Raj Lexa here, but when you talk to each other, I willingly hand over the recordings to law enforcement, no questions asked. But even better, I'm investing $4 billion to build the perfect AI. And I'm training it with the data I collect from 500 million of my adorable little spy robots. It's the perfect plan. <laughs> You're stealing my data? Uh, scram! I've been not like that. Savage. But, but I gotta laugh as a former IT guy, you mentioning AOL. Although, I do know a few people who still have AOL email addresses, so that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that went away a long time ago. We, uh, we, we we didn't quite get along with the AOL uh, rules. They were kind of like the uh, the uh, Facebook of the time, and uh, they didn't like some of the things my son was sending to his girlfriend, which, you know, six years old, seven years old. I mean, what was he saying? I don't know. So we, we dropped AOL. They dropped us. It was a mutual agreement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so so basically, like, uh, you know, you, you're a race car announcer or, you know, f for what you do. Uh, have you yep. always been into announcing for, for, for motorsports or was there other I, lines of work? or? Actually, well, yeah. No, actually, my the, the announcing has always been a part-time gig. I've never done it full-time. Although I do announce car shows, MC things. I work for NHRA at the museum, and we're coming up with our toy run this Wednesday, and I'll be there to MC that. But I actually worked on the OEM side of the automotive business uh, with companies like BMW, Nissan, Isuzu, and General Motors. Uh, the last gig I did was before the reorganization of GM. I was uh, the vocational marketing manager for the truck division. Oh, wow. Wow. So, I mean, you got a long, long passion for uh, for motorsports. That's yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, uh, you, you, see, you see so many people coming and going, uh, especially announcing, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, you, different types of announcing. You know, you got uh, big names like Pat McAfee, you know, with the sports. And, you know, he's got to finesse a little bit with WWE programming and stuff at college sports, all that stuff. And then you have other people, you know, Michael Buffer. And I mean, all these big names. Uh, you know, have you ever ran across any of these big names that I've mentioned? Just you know, well, not the example, ones you've or... mentioned. I, I don't compromise quality insurance for savings or your time for this ad. Hit that skip button, or don't, and watch me skip.
Dave McCoyle in a number of years, okay. and uh, he started passing the torch over to me when he started retiring. I worked with Steve Evans before he passed away, and uh, oh, wow. that was great. Uh, th those guys are those are the icons. Uh, Bob Fry and I worked together for a number of years doing what was called the NHRA Hot Rod Reunions. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And then hmm. uh, he retired from that a couple of years ago. They've changed the name now to the Wally Parks Nostalgia Nationals. I still do that this last year. Uh, I shared the mic with Brian Lowens, so uh, we get together on that. I'm sure I'm going to be sharing the mic with him again. We do Bowling Green every year for the Nostalgia Nationals. Uh, Bakersfield every year. This year, uh, I do the Sportsman cars. I don't do the Top Fuel cars. Mike English and Donnie Couch. Donnie Couch was the past uh I guess, crew chief for Tom uh, McEwen. So oh, wow. we worked together, and Tom McEwen and I, all, or not Tom McEwen, but uh, Donnie and I were also on uh, Speed Scene Live TV for a number of years. Uh, he mm -hmm. was doing Nitro Report with Dar Hawthorne, and we, you know, there were times we filled in, the main host uh, was out for a week. He was out traveling. He was a racer, still is a racer. Uh, so wow. it'd be the three of us on the show. Then I partnered with Randy Cardoon, uh, who was a local sportscaster for a radio station here in Los Angeles. And he and I then picked up, we do a show called Talking About Cars on PowerTube TV every week. So oh, we wow. keep doing that. Now, I didn't start out doing that. My degree is in, I have a degree, it's in broadcasting, commercial broadcasting, mm -hmm. but I didn't follow it up. Uh, it's just one of those things where I can work on weekends. What do I do the other five days, six days mm -hmm. of the week? You know, it, it just doesn't work. So I did full-time jobs. Like I said, I started out as an auto shop teacher. And I was racing. I was autocrossing at the time. And walked up the timing and scoring to find out what my times were so I could see where I compared to the other guys in the class. I started, the guy that was doing the announcing, he was just saying reading off times. Well, I can't just read off mm -hmm. times. I had to talk about the cars and talk about the people driving and telling people what's going to happen when they go into a specific corner and such. And a guy walked out of the crowd after I did that for about five minutes and said, how'd you like to get paid to do this? I said, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, when do yeah. I start? And I started off doing motocross and bicycle motocross. Then we went to USAC Stockers. Then from there, uh, I started writing for a local newspaper. The newspaper said, hey, there's a drag strip opening up. Go cover the opening. It was in Palmdale, California. I said, okay. So I went down to cover that opening. The guy says, aren't you wow. the guy that does the announcing up at the fairgrounds? I go, yeah, here. And he handed me the mic. <laughs> How old were you when, you when you started that? Uh, 23. Oh, wow. So uh, he handed wow. me the mic. I stayed at L.A. County Raceway for 20 years until oh, it closed. Wow. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of that. 13 years with good guys traveling around the country with them. I had a radio show on Kaleidoscope for a while called Gas, the Great American Auto Scene. Hmm. And that continued on when I was on part of Speed Scene Live TV. My segment was Gas, the Great American Auto Scene. I said, hey, I'm Hot Rod Bobby. You've got gas. <laughs> Hot Rod Bobby. I love it. Well, hey, 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 is hey. there a lot of gas or too many gas? Too much. Uh, it gas. depends on what I eat. Just ask my wife. She says oh. I'm a gasser. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey. Okay. What? 
hey, I hey, tell you... the jokes here. I tell oh. the jokes here. <laughs> Cut yeah. that shit out. Oh, we can oh. share. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, but no, but you definitely have the voice. We can right. hear it. I mean, that's not a gimmick or a persona for you. No. You've yeah. got the pipes. You definitely got the voice for it. This is your natural voice. It's not something you've developed and worked and. I'm, I'm kind of jealous now because I have I, I have a similar degree like you do, Bob. I mean, we come from the same industry pretty much. I've been doing this shit since you know, my early twenties. You know, okay. so I mean, that's all I know is yeah. radio and acting and persona. You know, yeah. I'm constantly evolving. I mean, I think that's what you need to do, Bob. Is you need to constantly evolve your voice. You know, because your voice yesterday, hey, that was great. But now it's time to get to the next level, you know, mm -hmm. and constantly evolve yourself and push yourself and say, you know what? That persona is working, but let me get to another persona. Let me create more of who I am, more of an image. I, I mean, yeah. that's just how I see it well, and how well, I see I, I it in years. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I get a lot of comments from the people in the stand sometimes when they figure out who I am because, oh, my, they don't see me. <laughs> They see the uh, tower, they hear the voice, and there are times when I'll uh, I'll do a different voice, or I'll do you know like someone pulls up to the starting line, they have no clue what they're doing. I go, oh looky there, he's up there, and I could uh, <laughs> I love it. And, uh, what characteristics, know, and, and, yeah, yeah, and then like some of the commercials we used to do back in the day for the uh, Orange County International Raceway, <laughs> funny guys, and, and I can uh, do you know strange things like that as well. So uh, it's fun, and the my goal is not to necessarily read off times and tell you, okay, there's a Buick, and uh, there he's going down the track and stuff like I'll comment on the car. I'm a historian to an extent on vehicles, so I'll give them the history of the vehicle or maybe the driver if I knew who the driver is. But the other thing I do is I've got to make jokes sometimes. I've got to make people laugh. They've got to be entertained in the stands, not just yeah. spoken to. Oh yeah, so, hey Joe, Joe, this might be your new best friend, man. I mean, he he likes to take tell jokes, so you know, there, there you go, your next joke friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I fear I'm being replaced. Uh oh, <laughs> no, don't worry, no, no, we we love you, Joe. We're not gonna kick you to the can. No, don't don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Now you said you have. I I like. I could see him behind you there. There's the old. Original Corvette, which to me will always yep. be my favorite. Cor I like the new ones. I like how they Europeanized them. I've never been a Stingray fan. I'm sorry. I've just never been. But I love the original vet. I like the current vet. I've hated all vets in between. I've been a more of a DeLorean fan. I've owned two of them. But you there said you go. you've got seven cars. What seven cars have you got right now? Well, my wife's daily driver's a Lincoln. Uh, she's got an SUV. I've got a HHR panel, which looks like an old sedan delivery. That's my daily driver. Yeah. And we have a, an anniversary edition Corvette, uh, 2003. Uh, she's got a 46 Ford. She had that before we got married. She actually won the Grand National Roadster Show class with it one year. I've got a 48 Plymouth I built uh, back when my son was like five, six years old. That's how I got the nickname Hot Rod Bob. I still have that car. Uh, we've got a 56 Chevy 210 wagon that we haul a 1955 Pleasurecraft canned ham trailer with. And we've also got, uh, let's see, got rid of the Puma. A Puma's a Brazilian sports car. I just Wait, you had a that. Puma? I Those did are have rare cars. Wow. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They about, made about 2,000 of them, one that I had. I've always loved them since they actually imported them for a while 
into the U.S., but they imported it as an incomplete vehicle. No yeah, engine, yeah. no front suspension. So it came in, didn't have to meet crash standards or emissions, and then you put whatever Volkswagen engine, because it was based on a Volkswagen, yeah. whatever engine you wanted in the back, and then a front suspension. Mine had the Carmen Ghia front end with disc brakes, and mm. we had an 1835 in the back. Which Yeah, they uh, only made, like, about, like, what, like 2,000, or, like, a very, very little, little limited stock of them. They're kind of like a DeLorean where they only made like so many, right? And then they kind of right. Well, it, it was a production yeah. car in Brazil, and because yeah. of Brazil's uh, laws on importation of cars, they had to do something in house. So they worked with Volkswagen of Brazil, got the chassis and the engines and so forth. And in their home market, it was a complete car, was a nice, cool looking fastback. The one I got was imported in the early 1980s. Brave the winner. Get the Dorth Face gear today. Everywhere that Dorth Face is sold. Savage. It was cool. I liked it, but it was too claustrophobic for me. So that went down the road. There's a collector really? in uh, in Texas that now has. Oh, you don't car. you don't like small spaces? I'm assuming then, right? No, I love small cars. Oh, okay. This one was just the someone the previous owner had put some different seats in it. Huh. And I, you actually had to lean the seat all the way back to get in. And then when oh. you put it where you could drive, your head was hitting the ceiling. 
so that, that didn't work real well with me and there's no, no adjustment on the steering so there was a you know steering column was in my knees uh little things like that the car is made for a brazilian and apparently they're a lot smaller than i am oh yeah Why? they're tiny they're like little oompa loompas yeah. to be honest with you yeah, yeah. Pe people yeah. made that had that kind of false impression about deloreans because it was you know rather small but it was really low to the ground and it really actually had a lot of headroom because john zachary delorean was, was a tall dude oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah i can give was... you a story about that too uh in 1977 uh, 78 or no 79 uh i worked for bmw corporate and we were in uh, in the marina del rey area of southern california we had just moved our warehouse out to Ontario, and the whole upstairs portion in the warehouse of the building I was working in was empty. Mm. Well, John Z came out with his entourage, and they were going to rent what we weren't using. He had the original prototype DeLorean and the production car with him. Oh, I wow. liked the prototype a lot better. It was a mid-engine, not a rear engine. It was smaller. It was tighter. Looked pretty much the same. But it was a more refined vehicle. What came out later was something that was easier to build. Hmm. And he had both of them there. And, yeah, he was impressive when he walked in the door. Yeah, yeah. And to think, the idiots at GM, that could have been a Pontiac car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't work well with the corporate mentality there. Uh, I, I wasn't working for GM when he was there. But the stories that I got when I worked for GM were like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but he, he was a rebel. I mean, he was the first guy to let his hair grow over his ears and things of that nature. So he didn't fit in with the corporate stereotype. Right, uh, right. And we, we wouldn't have the goat today yeah. if not for him. A lot of people, he, they wouldn't let him build a new car. So he said, okay, I'm going to turn the GTO as a package of the existing car. Fuck you. Right? Yeah, well, G and, uh, yeah. when GM came out with the medium-sized cars, the mid-range cars, they had an edict, nothing over 400 cubic inches in those cars. So he said, well, let's see. We can stuff a 389 out of a Bonneville in there. It fits right in. It's the same basic block as the 326. And then... And then he would go out to the street races on Woodward Boulevard in Detroit and pick the brains of the street racers as to what they wanted, what they needed, what they thought a, a muscle car should be. And he, I'm taking they didn't like that very well, did they, Bob? No, yeah, they yeah, hated yeah, yeah. it to the point where they bought 100 of them. Way uh, no, picking our up, brains. Yeah, he beat up all the other yeah. GM brands by beating them to the punch with a big motor. When the Damn. 442 came out, that was a 330 cubic inch old small block. The Buick was a 330 cubic inch Buick small block in the Skylark. Chevy only had a 327. It took Chevy until yeah. late in 1965 to produce a, a 396. Hey, what's going on? John here with Blackout Coffee. I know it's been a minute since I have updated you guys on the new facility. I'm here now. We are getting uh, Pella Racking up in installed uh next will be the roaster and many many other pieces of equipment let me show you a little bit of what's going on so pillar going up let me actually show 
the size of the facility. And hell wrecking going on. All those boxes, roasted related. Just throwing it. More roaster parts. And there we go. Down is the roaster. And some office build out happening right now. This is just a quick update showing you guys that we are working at it and getting it done. Hey guys, Savage here. Get blackout coffee today. Back to the show. And yeah. they only made about 200 yeah. of the SS396s in 65. Yeah, my my father, man, before he passed, he he was a real real grease monkey. You know, he grew up in New Jersey and uh, you know, my he hometown. was Oh god, like he 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 would take he would take like say like Corvette bodies and see what he could put in the bodies from like other cars. <laughs> I'm like Sure. I'm thinking I'm like I'm looking at old pictures like from like the seventies and like even in the like the late sixties and I'm like thinking I'm like I'm like Dad, how the hell did you fit that engine in that little Corvette? Oh a lot of fabrication, he said, son. Yeah. A lot a lot of fabrication. Yeah. With yeah. a gas wrench, you can get anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be clear, the DeLorean really wasn't a muscle car or a no. sports. It was a sporty touring coupe. It yes. was not, it was not. And of course, GM did everything they could to help kill it because once the twin turbo six came out, it really, really became a threat to the vet. No, I, uh, I remember the DeLorean yeah. when it first came out. I was uh, I'm still working for BMW at the time. And the stories of the port, they were having issues right off the, off the boat with those things. The doors were folding. They were too heavy. So they ended up having to put bracing within the mm. doors before they even left the port. Uh, there were a number of recalls uh, on the DeLorean before it actually was uh, available to sell. Yeah, but I mean, that can happen with any new line, certainly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when you're starting with a home, I mean... People still try to judge the DeLorean on today's terms. You can't. No. You no. got to. It was like the Tucker of its time. All of them came with automatic mm. locks, air conditioning, because it had the small window. I mean, it was ahead of its time oh, yeah. when it came out. There's no question. And there were definitely bugs to work sure. through. <laughs> Yeah, I'll look at the Bricklet. Another example of something Bricklet, like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the safety, the SV, yeah. what do they call it? An SVU or something? The safety vehicle. Uh, it, it was ahead of its time. Crash bumpers, front and rear, before the federal mandate, that were even stronger than what the federal government wanted. They had an AMC engine to start with, and they went to Ford engines, and then they went out of business. But that was typical for Bricklin, too. He, uh, he was also the importer of Subaru for a long time. So, uh, you know, the car business... Uh, it's cyclical, and it also yeah. uh, has its ups and downs. And yeah. some of the companies were able to ride those down periods, but Bricklin and DeLorean were not. And then, you know, DeLorean sales slumped so bad that he uh, decided to 
take care of things, and uh, that didn't quite work out for him. Well, he was desperate. Yeah. And to also to be clear, the DeLoreans. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right, Joe? Yeah. The DeLoreans yeah. and the Bricklands, of course, certainly weren't the first Gullwing vehicles. Yeah. And yeah. there are several Mercedes that still have Gullwing. But they are a much more efficient door. You only need six inches to get them completely open. Try a six-inch space with your regular car door. The yeah. only more efficient door is a scissor door. Yeah, the Lambo style. Yeah. 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 My way, we had that at my wife's first Corvette. Someone had put Lambo doors on there. Put a kit. Yeah. They were a wow. pain in the butt. Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. never get them closed evenly. Yeah. Hey, Bob, I, I hate to cut it short, but I'm going to have to invite you back for part two because I want to hear more of the story. Um, sure. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to a point right now where the audience is probably wondering, like, you know, how did the passion for cars go into racing, you know, because we're talking about cars, but we're yeah. really not necessarily talking about your announcing uh, skills and all that. So I want to find out more on that on part two. Definitely sure. going to bring you back for part two, sir. Uh, for great. some of my listeners that are listening in, uh, where can they find you uh, besides, you know, what you do right now? Well, all, all of the media, uh, all the social media, Facebook, I'm on there. We do PowerTube TV at, uh, on the, uh, well, we're on Roku, we're on YouTube, we're, oh, I don't know, okay. everywhere that uh, you've got podcasts, it comes out on that as well. New shows release every Wednesday. Um, just look for me on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way. And Bob Beck or Gas, Great American Auto Scene. Yeah. Yeah, guys. And if, uh, if, if you miss some of his handles, guys, we will put it in the show notes, whether you're listening to us on Rumble or our audio platforms of some 60-plus platforms, uh, yeah. just check out on the show notes, guys, and you can find uh, Bob Beck, Hot Rod Bob here uh, anywhere. So, uh, Bob, thanks very much, man, for Thank coming you. on. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you on part two, buddy. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Glad yeah. to be here. And, um, and remember, he is Bob Beck, not Bob Beckle, the uh, <laughs> idiot, <laughs> the five co-host <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. all right bob take it <laughs> easy buddy yep yep yeah you we'll guys you just heard uh mr uh bob beck here on savaged unfiltered uh yeah wow uh joseph uh you know that that was amazing uh, we were learning more about his passions than his damn race announcing that's why i gotta bring him on for part two to find out you know about the whole race announcing what what made him go from you know building up cars you know and enacting that name hot rod from his son to you know car announcing because i really want to know about the car announcing i'm really really yeah. really interested well, in the car announcing you know opportunity yeah. right i mean talent yeah, yeah. Beats opportunity he was in yeah. the right place the right time the right people heard him yeah. and i mean i'm sure the money was probably pretty good you don't turn it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't turn it down. You don't turn it down. Guys, remember to hit that like and follow button on all major podcast platforms. And uh, like I always say, be savage, not average. Take it easy, guys.